Good evening, everyone. My name is DJ Argon, and you are listening to On Air with Aaron, episode 4. So this week, we got some interesting things to talk about. I literally just got out of the movies no more than uh, 25 minutes ago. I just saw my second viewing of My Hero Academia Heroes Rising, and I will be talking about that at the last segment of my show. So be sure to stay tuned for that because very, very good movie. I'll just, I'll just leave you with that right now, but I'll be talking about that later on. So how I'm going to start off my show today is I'm going to be talking about some news in the gaming industry. And there's a couple topics that I'm going to be talking about today. But one of the things that's really, really prominent in the gaming industry as of now is the coronavirus outbreak, or as it's been dubbed, COVID-19. So I'm going to be talking about that a little bit today uh, and how it's been impacting the gaming community in not that great of a way. So for example, GDC 2020, which stands for Game Developers Conference, has been postponed due to the coronavirus concerns. And this was announced on Friday, uh, February 28th, shortly after companies such as Microsoft, Sony, and EA uh, announced that they will not be attending. So even before there were all of these uh, coronavirus concerns for the venue, a lot of notable developers uh, dropped out. They just didn't really want to go, which is very interesting because Sony's exclusion from this event is kind of crazy and a little bit mind-boggling because... Sony has yet to reveal big info on their PS5 console, and a lot of people, myself included, if you've been keeping up with the show, are really wondering where PS5 is going to be going, uh, because Xbox has announced a lot of specs on their console. PS5's released some specs, but they haven't released a whole lot. The only thing that's really been shown to the public is the dev model. So, them initially not showing up for GDC was kind of surprising because they must have something big planned to reveal what they've been working on. But of course, Microsoft and EA also joined Sony in not showing up to GDC, and then the whole event just got postponed. Not canceled, but postponed. So this is very, uh, it's very sad to hear because of course, people's health is the number one concern. I, I said a very similar thing when, uh, the Outer Worlds port was delayed for the Switch due to coronavirus concerns. Um, <clears throat> and it's just, it really is unfortunate. Uh, hopefully, there have been a couple fatalities, unfortunately, some some casualties with the coronavirus. We can only hope that it can, it, it can get remedied sometime soon, because right now, uh, it's just, it's, it's looking really bad. Um, GDC being postponed and it was scheduled for march 16th through 20th this year so it was only going to be in a couple weeks about two weeks uh the whole conference was going to be so this concerns a lot of people uh, you know going away from the whole coronavirus thing we get to the financial aspect which a lot of people were really scared about as well because these conferences and conventions and such are not cheap things to go to uh they're sort of exclusive they have this they have this price wall that you kind of have to get over, and a lot of people book them months and months in advance because that's when the best prices are. If you book something like a hotel or a or a flight sooner, it's going to cost way less than last minute. 
So a lot of people did that. And unfortunately, flights and hotels that were booked externally from the whole GDC, because GDC had their own hotel, their rooming system and travel. If you booked externally using airline miles or whatever you wanted to use, then unfortunately, payments may not be refunded due to the hotels and flights themselves not having any connection to this whole conference. But GDC, the hotels that were affiliated and the rooming that was affiliated with them, they promised that there would be payments back, there would be um, remedies to this whole situation, they'd be able to reimburse you and refund you. Uh, so that's definitely a positive thing, them being able to refund, but the same can't always be said about the external sources. So this is definitely taking a big hit on both developers and fans alike, which I don't think anyone is confused as to why this is the case. Uh, considering that obviously COVID-19 as coronavirus has also been dubbed is very serious and people understand that health is a very number one concern, but people are also very serious about their money and the way it's spent. So who knows? Uh, other notable events such as E3 are still still planned, still going on. They haven't been postponed as of yet, so that's still a couple months out. I think I brought up that it was June 16th, I believe, is when it started. June 11th, somewhere around there, middle of June, is when uh, E3 is going to start. And that, of course, GDC is big, but E3 is is the pinnacle. If we were to compare it to sports e3 is sort of the super bowl of just the gaming industry that's where a lot of companies really want to present their information because a lot of people are watching that live and in the audience so e3 of now as of now is still going on uh it could change uh depending on how how severe the coronavirus grows to be um hopefully something can be remedied soon for that but other notable events, such as China's uh, League of Legends matches for the Pro League, have been postponed. Uh, Activision Blizzard and Tencent have had to rearrange international esports events for health concerns. Because, obviously, the people who are living in the Eurasia area, and especially China and Korea, that area that's really being affected by it, um, they're, of course living in sort of a panic state and then of course the people that live in either europe or the americas are are worried about going over there to compete because there's an extra layer of stress that's added on to that um throw on travel and then throw on this whole virus concern and health issues then a lot of comp competitors might not want to show up and reasonably so plague inc this one is very interesting the app Plague Inc. that I'm sure most of you are aware of. If not, Plague Inc. is basically a plague simulator. It was a phone app that was really, really popular back in, I want to say 2000, anywhere between 2010 and 2015. Anywhere in that range was when Plague Inc. was really, really popular. And basically what it is is you create your own disease or plague, and then you the goal is to infest or infect the entire world and you have to do so there's different strategies to to do though but plague inc has been taken down from the app store uh, due to rising concerns of course of the coronavirus so that's another big one 
uh, Nintendo Switch productions are being delayed and put on hold in Japan, which is very frustrating for a lot of people because Nintendo just announced the special Animal Crossing Switch, the special design Switch specifically for Animal Crossing, and a lot of people wanted to pre-order that, get their hands on it, but unfortunately, uh, the productions have been delayed in Japan as of now due to the, the outbreak. EVE Online's annual Fan Fest has been cancelled. It was going to be on April 2nd, but they decided to pull the plug as of now. It's still a month out, but they wanted to cancel it. And there's plenty, plenty of other cases. Those are just a few uh, that I was going to name today. There's still plenty that have happened, plenty more that will happen. Um, but just stay tuned for that and keep note. And especially if you plan on going to any event, whether it's gaming-related or, or not... Just be on the lookout and definitely take precautions because, yeah, of course, as of now, the common cold uh, is more dangerous than the coronavirus, but coronavirus is still an up-and-coming new thing. So just be careful, uh, be healthy, wash your hands. If you can, wear a mask. Um, just be clean. If you go anywhere where there's a decent amount of people, or even if you're just walking down the street, people touch a lot of stuff and some people don't wash their hands. So that's just good life advice for any sickness. Just just be clean and be cautious and uh, be healthy out there. So that's sort of the main concerns with the coronavirus in the gaming industry. So let's stray off of that sad and depressing subject and talk about something good and positive from the gaming industry this past week. For all of you Final Fantasy VII fans out there, the remake demo is now available for play. So this demo was released within the past week, and it had a lot of people, a lot of people really, really excited because, of course, the only thing that was really shown, except for a couple gameplay videos that they released, was the trailer footage. And, of course... Um, Anthem is infamous for this. You can't always trust trailer footage because they make everything look good to hype up the fans just to make the game sell. So a lot of people were a little worried about Final Fantasy VII, but the demo showed that their worry was all for naught because the game looks absolutely phenomenal. I watched uh, IGN's playthrough of the demo, and oh my lord, it looks beautiful. Um, the graphics look fantastic. The world looks great. And this is coming from someone who didn't play the original Final Fantasy game, or Final Fantasy VII, I should say. And I know what it looked like, of course, the classic 1997 PlayStation look. Um, obviously, the game wasn't remarkably graphically beautiful like games push to be now, but it still had its charm. But this game looks phenomenal the engine is incredible the combat looks great and the just the animations of the characters because of course cloud strife the main character with his big huge six foot buster sword probably even bigger the way he moves when using it it doesn't look clunky at all it looks very very fluid he swings it with such precision, and there's a cool little sort of tip effect when he uses some of the, um, uh, what are they called? 
I can't remember exactly what they're called because I only watched the thing and never played the original game. But it's sort of like when he when he uses powerful moves, when he uses certain things. I'm going to call them arts for lack of a better word because I, I played Xenoblade Chronicles 2. That's just kind of how I'll refer to it. Is It's kind of like his arts. Um, when he uses them, there's this cool like tipper effect where the tip of his sword has this glowing effect after he swings it and it looks really really pretty and it gives this sort of magical sense and of course there is magic in the game um but the demo of course looks absolutely beautiful you can go through midgar in this short uh demo and it previews the gameplay and the characters and a lot of the mechanics and it, it's basically a tutorial built in because it teaches you how to use the moves how to use your magic and how to use all of your stuff which is really nice. And then, of course, I watched the one where it was English voice acted, and the voice acting was was phenomenal. Um, because I played obviously Smash Brothers Ultimate and a little bit of Smash Four, and hearing Cloud's voice actor there in Japanese, you kind of get this vibe of what he's supposed to sound like and who he's supposed to be presented as. And I think the English voice actor can't remember his name right now. But he did an incredible job from the little that I heard of him voicing Cloud. He did a great job. He definitely brought Cloud to life and gave him sort of this not not a deep voice, not not kind of like the big burly guy that you see in a big game. Um, he didn't sound like that, but he definitely kind of had that. I can't think of the right word to use, but kind of the guy who shrugs things off like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Do you know who I am? He's got sort of that voice, which um, how he presented it definitely seems that it fits the character a lot because Cloud from the little bit is a mercenary that they hire to uh, help them with this with this job. And he definitely does give off that sort of mercenary vibe. And it's, it's really cool. It's very well acted. Um, a lot of people were really happy about the increasingly better graphics because it gives Midgar a very beautiful steampunk look, which is really the whole theme for Final Fantasy VII. Uh, this short demo, of course, made fans incredibly excited for the full game release uh, within a month. I believe it's April 10th is when the full game is going to be released. Um, the new battle system has been described to feel like a whole new game. I found it in an article. Obviously, this is a modern game, and it feels completely then completely different than the 1997 original game. It makes total sense. Graphics have improved, engines have improved, so it only makes sense that the game feels more fluid and a lot more different. So, one person said that it felt a lot more like a refined Final Fantasy 15, which I played that game a little bit. I played that game for a couple hours, and I liked the combat in that game. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong, but I played the online a little bit. And I think you just held B. I played on Xbox, so that would be Square, I think, on uh, on PS4. Um, I held B, and then you would just kind of sort of auto-attack, but you could throw in different things, like you could do a, a strong magic attack that would use up some MP. Um, but it felt like a more refined version of that. And the basic moves are you have Square to attack, Triangle to activate Punisher mode, um, circle is to evade, and X opens up the commands menu. That's what it was I was trying to think. It was, it was Punisher mode, which is like the stronger moves uh, for Cloud, because every character has like a specific uh, character unique ability. 
Um, when you open up the commands menu, Cloud can use abilities, which are just powerful abilities, spells, which allow you to use MP to cast a spell, and items, which, of course, if you want to use a health potion, or I assume they're going to do other things, like where it'll boost your defense uh, later on in the game, you can use that in the items inventory. Uh, they also have this stamina bar looking thing called pressure and it's different than other stamina bars because it doesn't go down it builds up so the more you attack an enemy the more pressure you build up on them so once that pressure bar hits its max and it's filled out then what happens is your enemy becomes staggered this leaves them in a defenseless and susceptible state so they'll be able to receive heavy blows and be dealt a lot of damage, which is very advantageous in these games because even in the demo, I know Cloud was a lower level if there really even is a leveling system in this game. Um, and he wasn't—he was dealing a bit of damage, but he was taking on this one kind of police hound dog thing, and it took him a couple hits to, to take it down. So I can only imagine that the bosses in this game, you're really going to want to utilize that pressure gauge and the staggering to your best advantage to try and take down your enemies so other things are you can lock onto your enemies which is re really really good it's always nice in a game where there's a lot of enemies you can fight you can lock onto specific ones uh you can click in the right stick i believe um if i remember seeing it it said r3 which I believe is the... Actually, now that I think of it, I think that might be the left stick. I can't remember exactly. I'm not a PS4 player. Um, and once you do that, you can go into the command section. You can choose which enemy will receive an attack once you do the uh, like the bigger, stronger moves. Or if you want to use, let's say, just fire, which costs a couple MP, you can use that, and then you can target which enemy you want to hit. So you can target Soldier 1, or Soldier 2, or Soldier 3, and you can target which one receives that. And of course, there's a lot of other combo potential with the combat system in this game, which looks really, really interesting, because I'm a big fan. I pl I'm playing, as of now, uh, Jedi Fallen Order. And that's a really fun game, and there's certain things that you can do where you can chain attacks together or evade and do certain things like that. And I'm a big fan of combat systems that allow for sort of that creativity. Spider-Man PS4 was uh, another one that had an example of that where you could use your environment to your advantage or link together enemies and deal damage to both of them at the same time. Really interesting things like that, so... Definitely a game like this is something that's really pushing me that in the future getting the next-gen PS5 because this game alone looks absolutely beautiful. So be on the lookout for for more gameplay footage or more announcements uh, in the future for Final Fantasy VII. Lastly, in the world of game news, something a little bit less scale uh, is a multiplayer update for Mario Kart Tour. And this is a game that I didn't really download i'm not too huge into mobile gaming but when i heard this was announced it was it was like a mobile game mario kart thing which i grew up playing mario kart double dash which was one of my favorite gamecube games and it definitely holds a lot of nostalgia in my heart and it's a really fun game the whole mario kart aspect and i have eight deluxe on the switch and i, I don't play it a whole lot but the times i do it it's still a lot of fun um there was obviously a couple people that didn't really like uh that didn't really like um, Mario Kart Tour, because I'm pretty sure there was an online mode 
Uh, and it just it was just way too clunky and laggy and just didn't really feel all that fun. But the multiplayer update uh, means obviously a lot of things. You could probably hop into online lobbies, I guess you could call them, with your friends. Or you could just create your own little track with a couple friends, probably via local connection, local wireless connection, and then be able to play with them there. So it's like you're playing on a TV or on an original console, but you're all just on your phones and you don't have to be the one friend subject to sit on the floor because you have the short GameCube controller. <laughs> um, but that will be released on March 8th at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so 8 p.m. here. So if you are a Mario Kart Tour fan, be on the lookout for that. Maybe you can convince your friends to download the app so you can play with them. So the next thing I'm going to talk about before I go on a short little break is a, an article that I found uh, talking about PAX East 2020 that happened not too long ago. And it talks about the 10, 10 of the most interesting indie games at PAX East 2020. And indie games, for those of you who don't know, is basically an indie game is a sort of game that isn't made by a big-name publisher. So some games uh, include Oxenfree, which was made by Night School Studios. Uh, you have games like Life is Strange, which is another indie game. You have games like Celeste. I believe Celeste is classified as an indie game. Basically just a game that's created by a lesser-known and less popular uh, developer or studio. So the ten, the ten that are on here, these aren't in any uh, particular order. It's not, you know, ten's the worst and one's the best or anything like that. It's just the writer of the article got to play over 30 different games uh, in the course of four days at the event. Um, and he is going to put the ten that he's really, really excited for. So I'll, I'll name the name and then give a little bit of a description. So uh, number ten on the list is The Big Con. And he writes that it's a actually let me let me double check that it's a it's a he yes it is written by Michael Moore no not the no not that Michael Moore a different one, um, but this game is called the Big Con, and he writes in the first sentence, the Big Con is like a mix of the '90s Nickelodeon cartoon aesthetic with the comedic gameplay of a Lucas Arts adventure game with a number of ways to get to your goal. Sounds really interesting. We need a lot more just kind of cartoon fun ways with comedic gameplay because obviously like a lot of games like to be serious. And sometimes these indie games can uh, get – I don't want to say dark, but they can definitely touch a lot closer to home, um, which this game might end up if it's going to be a uh, – it might be like a coming of age or slice of life, if you will. Um, but this game definitely looks interesting. The little art design on here, uh, I'm – I'm like 95% sure that that background aesthetic on the picture, obviously you can't see it right here, it looks very similar to the Rugrats logo on the back, you know, the squiggly lines and the circles, something that a, like a kid would draw. It looks very, very similar to that. The next game on the list is called Boyfriend Dungeon. Uh, the art design that's on here, they use swords and daggers, and there's a guy with a, a button-up shirt uh, opened up with a eight-pack. Oh, no, that's a six-pack. Oh, so this looks like a just sort of a, a beat-em-up type game. Uh, it is described to be an action role-playing dungeon crawler where the weapons you use are also people who you can date and have relationships with. 
what <laughs> that's crazy what the heck oh my gosh uh that's like um that's, that's like noragami <laughs> you have your uh you have people that can turn into your weapons what the heck uh but you can f you can date and have relationships with that sounds that sounds hilarious i i can only imagine there's this one enemy that has like seven weapons and <laughs> they're dating all of them they're in some like polygamous relationship uh that looks really interesting i'm not obviously going to watch the, the gameplay footage right here but it does it does look pretty fun it does look pretty fun uh, it looks pretty funny uh we'll have to see more about that game um, another one is called Cloudpunk, uh, set in a city that looks like it came out of Blade Runner or the fifth element. Cloudpunk has you delivering packages across a city of massively tall skyscrapers in a flying car. Okay. I'm going to read a little bit more. You play as a driver on their first night of work for the delivery service Cloudpunk. The game's story unfolds as you make deliveries and begin to make choices about whether you should be delivering what you picked up, or maybe you can find someone else to take it for a bigger payday. Your choices can change how later deliveries play out and how characters react to you. Or, you can just cruise around the city after customizing your flying car. Seems like a pretty vague description. Um, I'm going to assume there's a little bit more to that game, where... Uh, there's like a true ending where you don't, uh, you don't deliver any packages or you deliver all of them. No questions asked. There's probably something like that. That seems, uh, it seems pretty interesting. And none, none of these say how long the gameplay is. Um, I don't know if they ever got to finish it, but next one on the list is disc room part, part bullet hell, part death trap disco room comes from the same developers as minute. Uh, M-I-N-I-T, not like the time scale. The game has you trying to survive as long as you can in rooms filled with various combinations of deadly saws. Some slowly move through the room, others quickly sprint at you, and some explode into smaller saws. Oh my god. Well, that sounds like a uh, quite dangerous game. But it seems like one of those games where you just kind of... It's like, it's like a horde. I don't, don't want to say a horde mode game, but kind of like that idea where there's not really a true end but it seems that you just kind of go through and see how long it is that you can survive so that seems pretty interesting uh next is called the pathless oh this art looks really really cool uh playing pathless feels like moving through the legend of zelda breath of the wild but with the kineticism movement of marvel's spider-man you play as a woman trying to return light to the plateau she lives on after it became infected by darkness as you move through the world, you are constantly shooting these floating eye cubes that provide you with the power to boost your speed. That's interesting. Combining Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild and Marvel's Spider-Man. That's very interesting. I don't know if they mean uh, like the original like Marvel Spider-Man, like the PS2 game, or if they mean like the new Sony one PS4 that came out. That seems really interesting. Uh, the art that I can see on the little promo video looks really, really cool. And it seems like it's going to be one of those really, really challenging games. Uh, so I might have to check this one out. Oh, the next one on this list. This one I actually remember. It's Reveal from, from E3. It's This one looks really, really fun. Uh, I will definitely be picking this one up. It is called Red Lantern. He writes... I was surprised to learn that the narrative aspects of survival roguelite Red Lantern were less about the woman you play who drives the sled and more about the dogs. 
So basically what this game is from my vague memory of it is there's this um, – you play as a um, – I think they're called a musher. I'm pretty sure my my uh, my sled dog uh, terminology might be a little outdated, but I believe they're called a musher. You play as this musher, and you have a team of uh, sled dogs uh, in Alaska. And you go, and you just kind of travel through. It has a very similar um, art style to uh, Firewatch, which makes sense because it's made by the same studio, Timberline Studio. Um, I'm pretty sure on that. And then... There's something that happens, I can't remember exactly, but I think you get lost or something and someone approaches you. I can't remember exactly, but it looks like it has this sort of mystery element, very similar to Firewatch, where there's just this mis ongoing mystery kind of going on that you have to think about. Um, so I'm definitely going to be picking up this game. It looks absolutely beautiful, and Firewatch is another great indie game that I highly recommend for everyone to play. Uh, another one that's on here is called she dreams elsewhere the art design on this kind of looks vaguely similar to um what's the one greece that won a bunch of awards at the the game awards this past year while it will draw comparisons to undertale due to its look she dream she dreams elsewhere seems to take more inspiration from the persona series okay this art design might be a little different than i think because there's just this little promo photo and it kind of looks very similar to the grease one where there's like a girl's face and some art on the side but looks like undertale and takes more inspiration for the persona series it's got turn-based battle system enemies have specific elemental weaknesses okay it looks really really interesting a Perso persona series is definitely one that i want to get into if i ever get a ps4 and undertale of course very very popular and a very good game so we have three more games. Number three is called A Space for the Unbound Trailer. I actually saw the trailer for this. Um, oh, sorry. It's called A Space for the Un Unbound. It's just the trailer is called Space for Unbound Trailer. Um, but this game, I actually watched the, the trailer for this game. And it's got that pixel art sort of 8-bit moving. And it looks, it looks phenomenal. Uh... They write, set in the late 90s in a rural part of Indonesia, a space for the unbound is a bit like a Makoto Shinkai film, uh, the man who wrote and I believe directed Your Name and Weathering With You, uh, was a side-scrolling adventure game. The demo followed a teenage boy named Atma who has the ability to go into people's minds to help them work through problems or issues they are having. He initially uses it to help a close friend who is having anxiety about her writing, but later in the demo, it also used it's also used to help someone get much-needed sleep so he can take an item he needs. Like a Shinkai film, it seems there will be a lot of magical realism, teenage romance, and a looming world-altering disaster to contend with. Well, that seems very that seems it, it seems really interesting. The trailer was it was really good, the music that was going on and kind of the, the art. There's like this last shot of, I believe it's going to be the main girl's like face. She kind of turns and then like smiles and like winks, I think. And the art was just really, really cool. Kind of the, the bouncing pixels that you see in a lot of the those 8-bit games. It looks, it looks beautiful. It's probably a game that's going to make me cry, but I'm still going to be very interested in playing it. It comes out only on PC as of now, so hopefully it'll be easy enough so I can just play it on my laptop. Second is Spiritfarer, or The Spiritfarer, and they write, This is an absolutely gorgeous game that's a surprising mix of resource management and helping spirits work through their issues in order to pass on to the afterlife. Uh, 
the art design for this game looks really really cool this little picture that i can see there's some some uh musicality going on in there some beautifully de designed animals and some atmosphere setting uh it seems like it'll be an ideal couch co-op game awesome this game definitely looks fun and it's going to be releasing on all platforms and the last one on this list is called young souls uh one part rpg and one part beat-em-up i watched the trailer for this one as well and this game looks looks a lot of fun um it looks like there's going to be a lot of uh you know kind of mystery going on that you're going to have to find out later on as you play but it, lo it looks it looks really fun and it, it definitely has like a co-op um opportunity you know you could play as one play as the other and that game looks looks a lot of fun so i'm definitely thinking about uh picking this one up maybe or at least testing it out uh no announced release date on platforms for, uh, that it'll be on um yeah so those are the 10 interesting indie games that were announced at pax east 2020 and this of course is not an exhaustive list there's tons of other indie games and i was not able to attend of course so i didn't get to play any of the games and i didn't see a whole lot of the games but these are 10 that are written i might be looking up some more to see what's going to be on there and might let you guys know in a future episode so with that being said i am going to go ahead and i'm going to take my first break and i will see you guys in only a couple minutes